Chapter Twenty Three of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah G. Chapter Twenty Three. Part of the old gray palace at Morning Quest had been a monastery. The walls were thick, the windows gothic, the bedrooms small, the reception rooms huge, as if built for the accommodation of a whole community at a time, and with unexpected alcoves and angles and deep embrasures, all very picturesque and also extremely inconvenient. But Edith Beale, who had been born in the palace and grown up there, under the protection of the great cathedral as it were and the influence of its wonderful chime was never conscious of the inconvenience and would not at any rate have exchanged it for the comfort and luxury of the best appointed modern house the bishop of morningquest and mrs beale had three sons but edith was their only daughter their white child their pearl and certainly she was a lovely specimen of a well-bred english girl on the day following that upon which the heavenly twins had celebrated the important occasion of their first spontaneous kowtow as they called it in the early morning edith being still asleep turned toward the east window of her room the blind of which was up and fell into a dream the sun as he rose smiled in upon her she had flung her left hand up above her head with the pink palm outward and the fingers half bent the right lay on the sheet beside her palm downward spread out and all relaxed her whole attitude expressed the most complete abandonment of deep and restful sleep the night had been warm and the heavier draperies had slipped from her bed on the farther side leaving only the sheet her warm bright hair partly loosened from the one thick braid into which it had been plaited, fell from off the pillow to the floor on her right, and the sun looking in lit it up and made it sparkle. She left that window with the blind undrawn so that he might arouse her every morning, and now as the first pale ray gleamed over her face, her eyelids quivered and half opened but she was still busy with her dream and did not awake she lived in an atmosphere of dreams and of mystic old associations events of the days gone by were often more distinctly pictured in her mind than incidents of yesterday mrs orton begg her mother and all the gentle-mannered pure-minded women among whom she had grown up thought less of this world even as they knew it then of the next as they imagined it to be and they received and treasured with perfect faith every legend hint and shadow of a communication which they believed to have come to them from thence they neglected the good they might have done here in order to enjoy their bright and tranquil dreams of the hereafter their spiritual food was faith and hope they kept their tempers even and unruffled by never allowing themselves to think or know 
so far as it is possible with average intelligence not to do either in this world anything that is evil of anybody they prided themselves on only believing all that is good of their fellow-creatures this was their idea of christian charity thus they always believed the best about everybody not on evidence but upon principle and then they acted as if their attitude had made their acquaintances all they desired them to be they seemed to think that by ignoring the existence of sin by refusing to obtain any knowledge of it they somehow helped to check it and they could not have conceived that their attitude made it safe to sin so that when they refused to know and to resist they were actually countenancing evil and encouraging it the kind of christian charity from which they suffered was a vice in itself to keep their own minds pure was the great object of their lives which really meant to save themselves from the horror and pain of knowing edith by descent by teaching by association and in virtue of the complete ignorance in which she had been kept was essentially one of that set it is impossible for any adult creature to be more spiritually minded than she was she lived in a state of exquisite feeling the whole training of her mind had been so directed as to make her existence one long beatific vision and she was unconsciously prepared to resent in her gentle way and to banish at once if possible any disturbing thought that might break in upon it in her dream that morning she smiled at first and then she fairly laughed she had met the heavenly twins and they were telling her something what was it the most amusing thing she had ever heard them say she knew it by the way it had made her laugh why couldn't she repeat it she was trying to tell her mother and while in the act she became suddenly aware of a strange place and diavolo kneeling at her feet clasping her left hand and kissing it she felt the touch of his lips distinctly they were soft and warm he was beseeching her to marry him she understood and she was going to laugh at him for being a ridiculous boy but it was the steadfast dark blue eyes of lord dawn that met hers and she was looking up at him and not down at the fair-haired diavolo kneeling before her she caught the gloss of lord dawn's black hair the curve of his slight moustache and the gleam of his white teeth he was grave but his lips were parted and he carried a little child in his arms and the expression of his face was like the dear lord's in a picture of the good shepherd which he had in her room he held the little child out to her she took it from him smiling raised its little velvet cheek to hers and then drew back to look at it but was horrified because it was not beautiful at all as it had been the moment before but deformed and its poor little body was covered with sores the sight sickened her and she tried to cover it with her own clothes she tore at the skirt of her gown she struggled to take off a cloak she wore 
she stripped herself in the endeavour and cried aloud in her shame but she could not help herself and dawn could not help her and in the agony of the attempt she awoke and sprang up clutching at the bedclothes but was not able to find them at first because they had fallen on the floor and she fancied herself still in her horrible dream big drops of perspiration stood on her forehead her eyes were dazzled by the sun and she was all confused she jumped out of bed and stood a moment trying to collect herself and the first thing she saw distinctly was the picture of the saviour on the wall a prey stood beneath it and she went and knelt there her beautiful yellow hair streaming behind her her eyes fixed on the wonderful sad sweet face dear lord she prayed passionately keep me from all knowledge of unholy things by which she meant sights and circumstances that were unlovely and horrified she knelt for some minutes longer with all articulate thoughts suspended but by degrees there came to her that glow in the chest that expansion of it which is the accompaniment of the exalted sentiment known to us as adoration or love love purged of all earthly admixture of doubt and fear which is the most delicious sensation human nature is capable of experiencing and presently she arose free from the painful impression made by the revolting details of her dream put her hands under her hair at the back of her neck and then raised them up above her head and her hair with them stretching herself and yawning slightly then she brought her hair all around to the right in a mass and let it hang down to her knees and looked at it dreamily and then began to twist it slowly preparatory to coiling it round her head she went to the dressing-table for hairpins to fasten it holding up her long nightdress above her white feet with one hand that she might not trip and standing before the mirror blushed at the beauty of her own reflection when she had put her hair out of the way she glanced at her bed somewhat longingly then at her watch it was very early and the morning was chilly so she put on her white flannel dressing-gown got a book returned to her bed and propped herself up in a comfortable position for reading and so she spent the time happily until her maid came to call her her book that morning was the life of francis ridley havergale and she found it absorbingly interesting end of chapter 23 recording by john brandon